Is it okay for a few minutes I just share on my heart what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me these last few days? Um, as I mentioned, I didn't go to camp, certainly. I went to help. I went to help with the kids and to be able to, you know, just help the, the leadership team that we have in place lead and to make sure they got there safely, to make sure everything ran smoothly. And so I didn't go. As a matter of fact, I made, Lee and I talked uh, before we left, that we were really just going to stay in the background. And even we had two teenagers that were there, and I, I, I started to sense that all these years that we've been around them and taking them to camps and doing things with them, that every time they look up, mom and dad are right there, right? That's one of the, one of the difficult parts of pastoring is sometimes as a pastor, you also have to remember that you just have teenagers that need to experience God for themselves. And so I just kind of, Lee and I literally stayed in the back, and uh, one particular night, I think it was the second night of camp, um, Pastor Otis from Calvary was, was ministering a phenomenal word on the fire of God and, and calling down the fire of God and the story, of course, of Elijah and, and wedding the, the sacrifice and all those kind of things. And I was very intently listening. And at one point towards the end, we had uh, several of our youngest kids get up and go to the bathroom. And so I kind of went to check on them, kind of usher them back into the service, which we did a lot of, Right. And uh, I went and sat on the very back row, on the same row as two friends of mine, Dr. Tom Renfro and, and Sid Renfro. And at the part of the service, when he began to pray for the fire of God, nobody was at the altar. He just prayed that God would visit you even right there where you were sitting. And I got a visitation from the Holy Spirit and a powerful, literally like somebody plugged me into an, a, a heating element or something, I I began to just sit and just weep in the presence of the Lord. How many know and understand his presence is wonderful? It is. It's his presence that changes our lives. And on my way back after, and then then Sid and Dr. Tom came over later on and began to prophesy and began to speak the word of the Lord. And here's what I came back to tell you. God is just getting started in this church. He is. And... As I mentioned, been here a little over five years. And there's always those crossroads, right? There's always those places that we have to kind of choose which direction we're going to go. And me as a leader and me as a pastor, because I've learned something in my life is everybody say seasons. Seasons, seasons are so important because, because seasons create atmospheres and atmosphere creates harvest. In other words, you don't grow corn and soybeans in Arizona, right? It just it doesn't work because the atmosphere is not conducive to seeing that grow in the area that it's in. And life is like that too. Your spiritual life, your life in Jesus as you follow him. Young people listen to me. You just had a powerful time at camp. Don't be afraid of also a wilderness season. Amen? Don't be afraid of even heading into a dry place because I found the dry place is where my roots go down really, really deep. It's those, those times of the fire and those times of the testing, and that's a word that was spoken over me as I've been in the fire, and God is bubbling things up in my life, and he's doing it so that it can be scooped off, so that it can be removed. Today, if you find yourself in a season, here's what I want to encourage you. Don't let a season become a cycle in your life. Do you realize that, that when they came out of, out of Egypt, the Israelites, it was 21 days to the promised land? And how long did they spend in the wilderness? 40 years 
which tells me you can certainly not shorten your wilderness season, but you can prolong it. (laughs) Come on, somebody. You can make it longer by not obeying the voice of the Lord, by not being, in other words, if you find yourself in a season, don't let it become a cycle. Don't let it become a cycle. And it's the same true as us individually could become true of this church where what kind of church do we want to be? I'll say, number one, we want to continually be reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, that's so simple. It is simple, but it's true. God placed this church here to be a church to bring people in so that they can hear the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. I look at this generation that is up on this stage And I know many people look at the condition of our world and the condition of the generation that's coming up, and they see darkness. Can I tell you what I see? I see fire, and I see the light, and I see an anointing coming down on this generation that will absolutely, positively blow us away. They're not the church of tomorrow, church. They're the church of now. And, and what amazed me, even with our, our counselors that went, I know many of them have probably never been used by the Lord to lay hands on people and to pray over people. And here's what they realized. It's not about you. <laughs> it's, God, didn't give, God didn't give gifts to you. God gives gifts through you, and he gives gifts through you to the church of Jesus Christ. So somehow we, we think we need to attain some level of perfection before God uses us. That is not the truth of the word. It's we operate by faith. And if you're stuck in a dry season, I want to tell you from the Spirit of the Lord that you need to listen to his voice and allow him to lead you through that. Amen? Amen. Here's a couple verses, and I'm going to jump into what I felt like the Lord laid on my heart, even though it's nothing new. But here's, here's what I want to tell you today. This is found in Amos. Just keep your Bibles right there where you are. It says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. New Living Translation says it this way, the time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. Father, for these next few minutes and moments, I pray that your word would go forth into the hearts of the people. Lord, I know you've prepared the way. I know that each and every person that's here today is not here by accident. But, Lord, they're here by divine appointment so that they can encounter the living God, the God of the Bible, who still speaks, who still touches, who still heals, who still delivers. God, we honor you in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share here of the story of Elisha for just a a few minutes and kind of give you an indication of where God is going in our church. I've been praying about this for the last few days. But verse 1 says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor, everybody say creditor, is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. One, look back this way, one reason I can relate to this story is the woman in the story makes it very clear that she feared the Lord, that her husband, who was probably more than likely a prophet in training that Elisha would have known very well, 
He feared the Lord. The family feared the Lord. The family was following God. The family was pursuing God. But what I've learned in my life very well is that you can be pursuing God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and still have problems. Amen? You can be in love with God. You can be obeying his word. You can be following him with all your heart. It does not preclude the creditor, which in this story, the creditor is a type of the enemy. How many have been following God with all your heart and the bad report still shows up? Come on. The, the bill that you weren't expecting still happens. The, the accident happens. The, the doctor's report or problems maybe in your family or in your marriage or maybe problems at work. And, and how many have said this, God, I'm doing all I can and I'm following you as, as, as well as I can, but the enemy still shows up at the door. The creditor still shows up. So it tells me this, that I can be living right in the middle of the will of God and still face storms, trials, fires, and problems. That does not mean that you've gotten off course. As a matter of fact, I would be so bold and confident to say today that I've lived enough of life and will celebrate 20 years of full-time ministry next April of vocational ministry and Leah 22 next April around that time, but I can confidently say this, through all those years, it's when you meet the most resistance is when you're probably on the path that God has for you. Don't think because God called you to do it that it's necessarily going to be easy. It may be very difficult. We have let something come into the church that says, well, God, if, if I repent of my sin, put my faith in you, and I begin to follow you, and then I expect you just to pour out blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. We need to understand the principle in the Bible that is very, very clear. Two things is that when God says that you're going to follow him, he is in John 15, he says you're going to get pruned. Everybody say pruned. <laughs> you know why he prunes things in the season that I believe we're in as a church, the season that perhaps you are sitting here today and the season you're in, you're saying, I don't even know why I'm here. I just chose to come here today for the very first time. Let me tell you something very important, that when you're following God, you're going to get pruned. What does pruning mean? It means it's clearing off the things in your life and clearing out the, the, the things that would hinder you down the road. And we look at God and we say, God, why is this happening in my life? Could I, could I encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, you cut off anything that does belong because what you're doing is making me more fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. fruitful. That's the place of spiritual maturity. That... You've heard me say this, and as, as wonderful as God moving even right here in our service today, I shared this with, with several of the kids on our way back. And I said, you can hop and you can jump and you can, you can encounter God. That changes your life. But I don't care how high you jump and the things that happened over these last few days, even though if you don't take that encounter with God and allow God to produce fruit through discipleship in your life, it's not. It's going to wear off in three days. And I think that's where a lot of people, even in this church and churches all around this country are, is I don't, I don't care how loud you speak in tongues. I want to know how you treat people. You go to lunch this afternoon, it's, it's notorious. Sundays are a notorious day where servers don't want to be on shift because they get treated. That is awful. 
And that is not God. So God in this season, again, don't let your season become a cycle because God is in a time. He's told me this and told me this and told me this, that even churches go through seasons. Amen? And let me tell you the season that we're getting ready to enter to in this church. It's a season of the movement of the Holy Spirit. It's a season of deep discipleship and fruit growing. And it's a season of harvest. Everybody say harvest. Telling you that I'm telling you. But here's, the, here's what I came to tell you. Just because your pastor's up here saying that good things are ahead, and they are, very awesome things of God for your family, for you individually. God is going to open doors for you that no man can shut. God is going to begin to drop dreams and visions in some of your hearts. And God's going to refire you. You may be sitting there with your arms crossed thinking, I don't need to hear any of this. You're exactly the one that needs to hear it this morning because I don't care what your age is. There is a generation that needs the, the, the wisdom of God to be poured into them because God's going to light them on fire. Like my pastor used to say, Young warriors need old war horses. Ha <laughs> ha. So you're like, you calling me an old war horse? I'm saying that you have walked with God long enough that you should be now pouring into another generation. That that's why God brought you through what he brought you through. It wasn't just to bring you through. It's so that you could testify of his goodness. But this morning I came to tell you that just because you're on the right path doesn't mean that in this story the creditor showed up. The enemy shows up. And what did he want to take? He wanted to take her now provision and her future provision. Because the now provision was paying the debt. The future provision, he said, she said to, to Elisha, he's going to take away my sons. Can I tell you, the devil has said... And said, I'm going to take the future generation of the church and I'm going to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came to declare that there is a generation of young people rising up and the devil can't have them. We draw a line and say no. In Jesus' name. But church, we all have a threat against us. He comes, she comes to Elijah and says, my husband, your servant, is dead. You see, what she is saying is, listen, he's not just my responsibility, but he is your responsibility too. Can I tell you, you are God's responsibility. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Listen, when you commit your life to God, we think that God just leaves us out here on, on our own. Everything that you give, every bit of time that you sow, everything that you begin to do for God is repaid by God. That was a word that, that God spoke over me when I was at camp. And, Lord, I hope it's okay if I share this. I'm going to share it, and you can correct me later, Lord. He said, God, the word God spoke over me through Sid Renfro was, God is a debtor to no man. That everything that we've sown throughout our lifetime, God's getting ready to bring the harvest. Getting ready to bring the harvest. And I see that in this story right here that some of you have been sitting and saying, God, I have served, I have sowed, I have sown in tears. When, when does the reaper overtake the, the sower? When it, the Bible is very clear that it says, He who sows in tears will reap in joy. Can I tell you, your joy is coming, your joy is here, the turning is happening, things are changing, things are shifting, and it doesn't mean that the creditor doesn't show up. But God has an answer for the creditor, as we'll see here in just a minute. God always has an answer, amen? But she says that. She says, your servant, 
And don't miss this. All her provision died, and she says they're going to take my two sons. So think about this for a moment. The husband dies, which means my provision for today is gone. And now you want to take my sons, which is my provision for tomorrow. Very clearly in Scripture, we understand that sons mean ministry and future. So what do you do? The provision for today is gone and the devil is threatening the provision for the future? Listen, can I tell you what you do? How many want to know what to do? Do you want to know what to do? You're sitting here today and you say, I don't know how tomorrow is going to turn out because my yesterdays have been so bad. Find a place that has the word of God in their mouth. Find find a place that isn't going to just try to tickle your ears with another self-help sermon. Come on, somebody. You need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to be in a place that challenges you to go deeper in your walk with God, to get closer to him. So we can deduce this. What seems like a season of loss and defeat and threats from the enemy is really God cleaning things out. Everybody say cleaning things out. In verse 2, look here at verse 2. He says, so Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Somebody say, in the house. house. Church, your answer isn't coming from a TV preacher. It's not coming from your neighbor who knows how to pray. Your answer isn't coming from somewhere else. I want to tell you something. Your answer is coming from what you already have on the inside of you. Because if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you have literally the power of heaven itself yes. operating in your life. And, and it's, it, 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 he, he, what does he do? He points her back to what she already has possession of. He points her back to what is already resident in the house. And can I tell you that if we want to be a church that changes the atmosphere and culture... This, believe it or not, is a very dark area of the country. (laughs) Didn't know that coming into it. I've been in some dark places. I've been all over the world and preached in many, many different countries and interceded and prayed and broke through many, many different things of places we were ministering in. This is a very dark area of the country. But can I tell you, arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is going to arise upon his people if you'll allow it. But here's what I want to point you to. Just like Elisha looked at her and asked a question, my question for you from this passage of Scripture is what do you already have in your hand? We say, God, is not enough. That doesn't matter to God. What matters to God is what you brought to him in sacrifice and surrender because God can take the smallest thing and turn it into your biggest miracle this morning. He can take the smallest, most insignificant thing and turn it into your greatest miracle. Think of the young lad with a few loaves and a few fish, right? You've got to ask yourself a question. I heard somebody ask this question recently, and I never thought of this. Who told him to bring a lunch? Why was he the only one there with Which tells me when you point yourself back to what's already in the house, you understand that when you come into the house, you should be the one bringing something to share with everybody else. 
not coming in all the time with just a need in your life and in your heart, but you come with an anointing. You come with some with some prayer fire in your life because you don't know where your face sitting on your row is going to be the thing that touches the person on your row. Amen? Amen. So say this with me. It's in the house. house. Christian Center Church, we don't need another anything that we don't already have because when you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, we already have everything that we need. In your family, in your marriage, you say, man, my marriage is falling apart. The the creditor has shown up. The, The one who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy has shown up at the door. And all you need to know is that what you have been entrusted with by God in heaven is the most precious gift that you could ever be given and his name is the Holy Spirit she said at the end of verse 2 and she said your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil isn't it amazing that the first answer that came to her mind was I don't have anything right Mr. Prophet what do I have in the house Oh, I don't have anything. How many times are we faced with a hard situation, a difficult situation, no matter what it is, and when we're looking for an answer, the first thing that we think to say is, I have nothing. That was her first answer. Then she begins to say, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. She says, the oil was inside the house, that it was so little used that it became an insignificant afterthought. Watch this. Elisha is going to prepare her. Everybody say prepare. God is preparing you now for what you've already had all along. I'm telling you. He is preparing you now. That was the answer. What do you have already resident in the house? And it was so insignificant. It was so such an afterthought. Church, my point is, in this portion of the scripture, my point is for Christian Center Church, is don't make the Holy Spirit an afterthought in your life. Don't make him an afterthought in your family. Don't make him an afterthought in your discipleship because you technically don't need any man to teach you. You already possess an anointing from God, but yet we say all the time, well, I I don't really know how to study the Bible. I don't really know how to get a hold of God. I really don't know how to pray. Can I tell you, if you've been saved two weeks and God has filled your life, you have what you need, but we say, God, I don't have anything. And I came to point out, just like Elisha did to the woman who was facing trouble, is what you have need of is may seem insignificant and it may not seem like enough but when it comes from heaven honey it's enough because he's enough this morning to make a way where there is no way to do what he said he would do listen just this is the jar of oil in her house and look the, the holy spirit may be bottled up and seem like it's insignificant but can i tell you he's all you need this morning That was her thought. It was like, wait, 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 wait. I don't have anything. But there's a little bit of oil in my house. Can I tell you, God can take the little things and make them into significant things. The word in this hour and day is to prepare the church for the revelation of something she had all along but never fully walked in the power of it. Verse 3. Then he said, go borrow, everybody say borrow, vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. 
Now, here's where I want to get into the meat of what I want to say today. The creditor shows up. The enemy shows up at the door. I'm going to take your now and your future provision. I'm going to take away from you now, and I'm going to take away from your future. And if there's a picture of the church in the day that we live in today, it is this picture right here that we find in Scripture. That the enemy shows up at your door. He wants to take away from your family. He wants to take away from your marriage. He want, Everybody in this room has something in common. We all have a creditor that wants to show up at our door. And the meat of what I want to say today is when he shows up at the door, he looks and he says this. Elisha says, what's in the house? I don't have anything. Oh, but I have a little bit of oil. So there's a place of faith that she had to get to for Elisha to tell her, this is what God wants you to do. Go out and get vessels from your neighbors, from your friends, from everybody else, and I want you to bring those vessels into the house, and I am going to tell you the miracle that God is going to do. The miracle that God is going to do in Homosassa and Citrus County, even though it's a by-thought of anybody on the radar of church in the United States of America, but God is already doing it, and God is going to continue to do it. He is going to bring vessels from the highways and the byways, and those who nobody else thought would ever be used by God. I got good news for you. If you came out of drug addiction, you came out of alcoholism, you came out of a bad past, God is a God who redeems vessels. He's a God who will raise you up and fill you up and turn you into a jewel of his grace and his mercy. Listen, here's, here's what I want to encourage the people here to do. Don't look at the vessel. Look at his capacity to be able to be filled and changed by the Holy Spirit. That was, that was, in the moment that she had to obey what God was telling her through the prophet was, I want you to go out into the community and I want you to collect. Imagine showing up at somebody's door and you just knock, 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 knock. Hey, do you have any vessels? Well, this, one, this one's not very good looking. This one's kind of dirty. This one surely you wouldn't want. Can I tell you, whatever condition you find yourself in this morning, God desires for you to come to a place where you put your full faith and trust in him. And, and, and I love this part of, the, of what he told her. Not a few. You see, church, we have gotten into such a mentality in the church that God only wants to do this much when we serve a God of the abundance. We serve a God of the above and beyond. We serve a God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And I tell you, I've got some big dreams still in my heart, and he's a God who can do above and beyond. Because here's a part of the story that we fail to realize is he, he goes on to say this, as long as you continue to bring vessels in, the oil will not stop. Do you want to know why churches stop flowing in the oil of the Holy Spirit and stop seeing miracles in their midst and stop seeing God bringing people in? Is because we can become swamps and not rivers of conduit of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference between a swamp and a river. Movement. My heart told me all the way back for me and everybody that's here that calls this place their home is get up and get to moving because you don't need to soak in God's glory for the thousandth time. You need to get up and realize there's vessels all around us that have been, been called by God and he's waiting on you to go collect them. Amen. That's what the story is. Go out and as long as they continued 
to bring in vessels. My challenge to you this morning is bring vessels to the place where they can come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. You want to see the anointing flow in your life? Some of you just need to step out and begin to be bold enough in faith to pray for people. And it, it says this. I love this. It says she went in and shut the door. They collected vessels, and she went in and shut the door. And where, where is she? She's there with oil. Listen, if some of you need to go and shut the door and get yourself into a private place of prayer so that you finally have enough faith to begin to step out and pray for the sick and to give that word that's burning on your heart at a place of work or wherever it is, I encourage you today, shut the door on the creditor, right? Shut the door on the outside and get alone with God and let him fill your vessel with oil because there's vessels all around us that need the anointing of God. Amen? He said, as long as you continue to bring in vessels, if we want the Holy Spirit to continue to flow in this church, here's the key. I need you to begin to not look at those people around you, whether it be at work, and you just say, man, there's no way God could ever save that person. There's no way God could ever reach that person. There's no way that God would even want that person to be in his kingdom. Can I tell you? We need to repent of that. We need to change our mind and change our hearts to realize that as long as, we're, as, long as you're pulling in the vessels, God's going to flow. It's going to flow in your life. It's going to flow in the life of this church. And he is going to see the miraculous happen. Amen? Amen. God bless you. And listen, when you shut the door, and you're in there with the oil, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, oil is fire, water, oil. Those things are all symbols of the Holy Spirit and what he comes to do. Listen, he comes like fire to purify our lives. He falls like rain to give us a drink when we're dry and we're thirsty and we don't know what the future holds. And that oil element of this story is something that I believe is available to everybody in this church that's willing to go the extra mile, to begin to apply yourself to a private place of prayer, to dedication fresh and anew to God. And that oil is something that is absolutely beautiful because we, we talk about the anointing, right? We talk about this often. And we say, well, God, what is that? What? Listen, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Yeah. It's his anointing that anoints you to be bold for him. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Do you know where that boldness comes from? To speak the word of Listen, if we're not going to be bold to speak the truth of God's word, then the church is not going to be salt and light anymore. It's just a social club to get together and to have a few potlucks and dinners. We need to recover the power of the Holy Spirit because it's that power that is going to change your family and it's going to change your workplace and it's going to change your life. But literally, the Old Testament thought of anointing is literally something that's smeared on. Some of you just need to shut the door and get fresh new oil in your life. I wasn't even looking for it. Some of you may not even be looking. You say, I just want to go eat, Pastor. Be quiet. (laughs) Quit. I need you to be anointed. You need me to be anointed. 
You don't need a pastor that's up here just going through the motions. Amen? Amen. You don't. This community doesn't need that. Because there are people dying. There's people overdosing. There's kids in the school system. And I'm telling you, there is a crossroads that, that I knew was coming and is right here, right in front of me right now. And I can tell you right here, standing in front of you today, I'm choosing him. It's going to be hard. It's going to take a new level of faith and a new level of prayer. It's going to take a new level of dedication from everybody in this room. But I am dedicated to seeing God move in this community. And, and listen, we're not alone. Wasn't that Elijah? He said, God, I'm the only one left. Nobody else loves you. He said, get up. Wipe your nose. Dry your eyes. I've got thousands that have never kneeled to bail. And there's thousands in this community and in Citrus County that will not bail to the culture. It will not bail to the spirit of the, will not bow to the spirit of this age and the Baal worship and the Ashtaroth worship and all those things. They will not bow, but they will stand up and let God anoint them afresh and anew. Because listen to me, listen to me. When you've been in a room with some oil, it gets all over you. <laughs> Here's how I want to end this. When the creditor came back, because Elijah ends and he says this, this is beautiful, listen to me. This is the God you serve. Making tears come to my eyes because this is him. Elijah says, get all these vessels, bring them in. And that, may, that, that creates a thought in my mind right now to tell you, you don't have to worry about the vessels. All you got to worry about is bring them. He takes care of the rest. Because the miracle happened when they brought the empty vessels in. And not just any vessels, empty vessels. Does anybody know any empty people? My goodness, get out into the world. You must just watch Price of Right all day or something at home and not communicate or go out into the world that we're living in. This world around us is empty, broken, dry, confused. These kids are confused, and I watched them go from a state of confusion to a state of clarity and peace for one reason and one reason alone. The word of God spoken in faith and in an encounter with the spirit of the living God. And they went from walking into a room and wondering if they're, if they're bisexual or if they like boys or they like girls, and I watched the clarity and revelation of who God created them to be and who he called them to be. I watched it. I watched it. So don't worry about the vessels. Just bring them. And let God do what God does. Because he told the widow, sell it all and live on the pension. That's the beauty of who your God is. Is she was facing something that was insurmountable to her. But God is such a good God, he not only paid her debt, but he took care of her the rest of her life. Why? Because she was willing to get vessels and she was willing to be in a room pouring. Listen, God did not create you to just be an island to yourself. He created you to pour the oil of the Holy Spirit everywhere that you go. 
And as long as we're willing to get with him and allow God to anoint us and let the Holy Spirit flow through us, listen, he will take care of everything. You young people that are in here, listen to me and listen to me real good. If you put him first, he will take care of everything else. And that's what you see. And I love this. Think about it. Think about it. The creditor shows back up. That was really weak. <laughs> Sound like a dinner bell. Out in front of the, one of the boys' cabin, they had this thing they called the gong. And it was about this big around, and it had a big metal hammer that you go, don't. I was so tired of hearing that thing, y'all. When those kids discovered that's what that thing did, y'all, the creditor shows up. Remember what she was facing. Some of you don't realize this, but I'll tell you. She was facing 49 years of debt that her future generation, our generation has built up debt. We've, we've, we've built up debt of chasing our own dreams instead of his. We've built up debt of, of following programs instead of the spirit of God. We've built up debt. And listen, it was 49 years because on the 50th year, everybody's debts were forgiven. You hear me? So she was facing 49 years. Some of you look down the road and you say, I'm facing heartache and I'm facing loss and I'm, I'm facing difficulty. But listen, when you get in a room with some oil, when the creditor shows up, you show up the door and you're covered in oil. You're covered in the anointing. You're covered in the presence. You're covered in God himself. So you're not coming to the door by yourself anymore. You're not facing the situation that you're in by yourself. You have Jesus. In his presence. This church is not going into its future by itself. We have the leadership of the Spirit of God. And that doesn't mean there won't be ups and there won't be downs and there won't be creditors and there won't be difficulties and things ahead. But can I tell you this morning that I can introduce you in just a moment to the one that can take care of everything. His name is Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. Everybody say, pour it out. out. So you have to, to see the oil do the miracle, she had to activate the miracle, right? In other words, she had to pick up the vessel and begin to pour it out. Some of you are wondering what you're going to do for your job. Have you ever noticed that when we pray for things, we don't usually like what God sends? (laughs) How many times have I said, God, I need a job? Gives me a job. Not that job. (laughs) God, I'm lonely and I need friends. Not those friends. (laughs) Have you ever been there? And she had to have been thinking that in that moment. What? The oil? The little tiny insignificant oil? Listen to me. The oil of the Holy Spirit is precious. And when we start treating it as precious once again, we will see God do what only God can do. But you've got to activate it. You've got to bring in vessels. You have to seek vessels. You have to bring them in. Amen? Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I want to ask this question. I asked the question today. Anybody that's sitting here is sitting here saying, you know what? I need to rededicate my life to the Lord or I need to come to the Lord for the first time. I simplest 
explanation of the gospel I can give you right here in 60 seconds is that God created you on purpose for a purpose. You may have strayed away. You may have gone down your own path. But God has never left you and he's never forsaken you. He's continually spoken to you and he's called you. And he desires you to come back to him. Or come to him for the very first time. Because you've made a wreck and a mess of your life. And God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future. You say today, Pastor, I want to start down that path of God's hope and God's future. Would you just shoot your hand up right there? We're all going to pray together in a minute. But you just need to come back to the Lord. You need to come back to a place of trust and faith in him. Amen. Amen. God, it never gets old to see people say, I want to surrender to Christ. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today understanding that we have offended a holy God. We have sinned. We have fallen short. We've turned our back on you. Today, Lord, we turn towards you. We ask you to wash us clean. Forgive me of my sins. Change my heart and fill my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back, brothers and sisters that prayed that prayer. Welcome to the kingdom for the first time, if that was you. God, hadn't it been a good day in the house of the Lord? Hadn't it been wonderful to see what God's doing in these young people? I want to encourage you. My, my last thing I'll say to you is the congregation here at CCC is that we're heading into the fall, and God is, God is telling me, just the same way the season is harvest season coming up, there's a supernatural season of the Spirit of God that harvest is ripe. Be on the lookout and be attentive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in any moment because it may not look like a vessel that God wants, but can I tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only... The, the one that you drive past or, or, or walk past the Walmart parking lot or standing out on a corner and you say, man, they could never be anything for God. Those are the people God's looking for. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lift your hands with me and let me bless you today as we go. Father... I bless Christian Center Church. Father, I pray a tremendous covering of your presence and your goodness and your mercy would literally cover them. That, Lord God, in this moment, I pray the blessings of God as they be blessed going in and blessed going out, that they would be blessed in their homes and God blessed at work. Father, I pray your face would turn towards them, shine upon them, and you would give them peace and you would give them rest, Father. God bless Christian Center Church until you bring us back together at the appointed time. In Jesus' holy name, amen? amen. Go in the name of the Lord. Nobody's told you they love you today. Your pastor loves you dearly. And most importantly, so does Jesus. So go and have a wonderful day. We'll see you next Sunday. Remember, no prayer meeting and no Wednesday night service this week.